0: Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, and it is just me today. No Mozzie. He's got like a freaking 12-hour shift or some BS because of the holidays. So I got you covered. But we do have his thoughts, takes, all that good jazz in our dock here. So we already had a Thursday game. We both very reasonably picked Dallas because of Joshua freaking Dobbs, the rocket scientist, as I'm sure they said in the in the uh, broadcast. I didn't get to hear it. I was doing it at B Dubs which I guess, you know, if you don't want to hear lame broadcasting, that's kind of the way to go. So, yeah, that was an easy one. Next, though, Sunday slate. We've got a lot of games and some easy calls with teams going to take mode, some tough calls with teams still carrying, or tough calls with two tank mode teams. So, New Orleans at Philly kicks it off. We've got Philly winning. I've got the over of 41.5. <laughs> so, we got a little bit... uh lenient with our filling in of the non-game pick stuff i found out um i'm good at picking the games however totals and spreads not my forte necessarily um dfs cool fantasy cool game winner cool so i'm, cl- I'm glad i got this experimenting in before it was all legal in ohio so that i wouldn't um shit away a ton of money realizing i suck at it so i do think this goes over I, it sounds like a goes but if he doesn't I think they still have enough weapons with Kamara. Shahid who's actually been really good. Um, Traquan, who has been a sneaky contributor at times, and Juwan Johnson. On the other side, though, I'm all about Miles Sanders here. He had a terrible week last time out, and they pretty much talked about, hey, getting the ball more. They've got Gardner Minshew in, so we won't be seeing Hurts steal <laughs> the goal line touchdowns away. So I'm here for it. He's I think he's off the injury report, so he's good to go. Otherwise, injuries, like I said, Olave for New Orleans. They've got Pete and May, questionable. And then um, Lane Johnson and Maddox and Hurts are out for Philly. Or Pete and May might be out. I'll double-check that as we go. So the, the big news, though, is Olave. If he's in, I think he's actually a solid option with Maddox out. Um, okay, yeah, May and Pete are out. So adding that in. If Olave sits, Shahid is actually, in my opinion, a pretty solid option. DFS-wise, he's kind of cheap, and he's probably under way of wire to fill in. He, so last week, I guess Cleveland in that shitty weather, I'm not really concerned with that, like, counting towards the total, but he's still got looks, and he's been the deep there this year, so he's got the upside to help push you over the edge, and I think Traequan has to be mentioned here, because, so, all these guys will get some slot time, and so Maddox out helps them all, but traquan has been getting the most slot time with Jarvis out, so I assume he's out and shut down so Traquan gets that easier matchup and if Olave's out he gets probably some more targets from that so you know I, I think the balance of more targets versus efficiency of the offense will probably balance out a bit but you always want more targets especially when you're looking at you know Traquan so and of course I think you're fine to go with all the Philly guys that you usually go with I just wanted to point out Miles specifically the main thing though I think is Gardner Minshew he's gonna be in a lot of like streaming consideration this week I think he's solid. Um, I'm choosing between him and Rodgers in a league, and I'm probably going Rogers. Rodgers. So that's where I stand with it. Next up, we've got Denver at KC. We both have KC. The total's 45. We think Denver probably covers the 12 and 12.5 points. It's just a lot, and it's a divisional game. Now, injury-wise, Mecole Hardman's out. something get like a setback. And then there's no Greg Dolchich, no um, Randy Gregory. But otherwise, it seems like Denver is, you know, fairly healthy. Um not entirely sure what to expect here it's a little tough because you know okay on one hand kansas city should stop the broncos but on the other hand it's a still a divisional game and even though the broncos are out of it I, I don't expect them to just fully throw in the towel there's been a lot of about you know russ lately so i could see his teammates trying to put on for him we'll nest a little bit but all the denver receivers should be good to go not sure about Hinton, but the main thing though for me is this denver run d has been terrible um partially it's kind of gone that way just stat wise and also like a big part of it is i think honestly maybe the bigger part is just being put in a terrible position to have to defend the run all game the run all game it's like you're on the field all the time you never have a lead and it just gets fucking tiring stopping the run all game So the point that even cam makers can get you three touchdowns so the matter of pacheco or mckinnon <clears throat> it's tough i'm gonna lean mckinnon just because you get more upside i think more receptions He's got the you know, the nose for the end zone, of course. But he, he's been like, it's been like Kelsey and then McKinnon, pretty much. Like McKinnon's been more reliable than the receivers. That had been a weird rotation. And now that you've got Tony back, I think that complicates things a bit. And he might actually, honestly, be usable here. But if you're telling me, hey, pick a KC running back, I'm going to pick McKinnon just because he's probably getting around the same touches as Pacheco, but he's getting way higher value touches. So I'm going to lean that and then. I expect Kelsey to stop here. Whenever they're putting up lots of points, Kelsey's usually involved. So Kansas City's been settling for a lot of field goals. Like, a ton, a ton, a ton. I expect that to sort of regress at some point that could hit here. And Kelsey hasn't scored in a while, which kind of bounces out his mega touchdown game he had. But Kelsey's going to always score at a higher rate than average, just in general, because of who he and Mahomes are. So, moving on to Jacksonville at Houston. We both have Jacksonville because... Well one, they're the better team. And two, this game actually does matter for Jacksonville. The Tennessee one actually didn't matter. This one, there's a scenario that is actually fairly likely. I think that Jacksonville can get in with a win this week and a loss next week and be a wild card team. So they need the Jets to lose this week and win next week, and then have the Pats win this week and win next week. So they need the Jets to lose to um I think who they play this week? I don't know. Oh they play Seattle this week. And then they need to beat the Dolphins, and then the Pats need to beat the Dolphins this week, and then lose to the Bills next week. So they pretty much need the Dolphins to suck, which, with no Tua, if he's gone both games, is actually you know pretty plausible. So the Jags have like a legit path to wild card entry into the playoffs. We'll obviously know after this week, and then thankfully the the Jets games a little later. And I think are the Pat what window are the Pats? The Pats later window. Now, patch of the same window. But, I mean, it's not like they're going to know before the game, if it matters. So, worth keeping an eye on for that sake, I guess. I mean, it's I think it's just good to know that Jacksonville's not throwing in the towel for any reason. So, I've got them winning. On oh, the total of 43, if I had to say, I would pick over. And then, they'll probably cover the three-point spread. But, I'm not confident there. It's not one, but I would recommend picking there. Banger-wise, gotta love ETN here. The matchup's still juicy. So yeah it's nice it's nice to have this good matchup if you have him in your fantasy championship i'm all about it on the other side i mean okay, before that you can still play your other guys like kirk and, Z- and zay jones and stuff but i think etn's the highlight here because yeah he hasn't been balling lately so i think he'll return to balling here on the other side i like cooks a lot the secondary is not that great they're a pass funnel Assuming Cooks is playing. Oh, I always need to double check, apparently. Because, you know, tanking team. But I don't see... Um, he had a non-injury DNP Thursday, which sounds like personal arrest day. So I expect him to play. Yeah. Yeah, he's expected to play. So, that's good news for him. Nico Collins out. He's pretty much, like, the only target, really, that's worth anything. <laughs> Sorry to Chris Moore Philip Dorsett and Amari Rodgers. Um, I will say at tight end, we've got the... Man, pretty much known as Quentin Tarantino, his name is for real something else. It's Tegan uh, Gatoriano, so Quentin Tarantino is how he gets remembered in many brains. With him out, that makes it a lot easier for Aikens to get going. They've both been involved, but they've kind of forgotten a bit of Brevin, Jordan, and O.J. Howard, so Aikens is my guy here at tight end. I think he's a reasonable option, given... We've seen some decent tight end success against Jacksonville. And also, like, again, outside of Cooks, who they throw it to? Because think it's going to be fucking Daria Gumboale. See? I said that and you're like, hmm. I thought he was a Jag still. Because I thought he was a Jag. I forgot he was not on the Jags anymore. He's on the Texans now. Things change quickly around here. Yeah. So, I would uh, the Mozzie takes pretty similar. Put their foot on the gas. They get the win. Yeah. Next up, we've got Carolina at Tampa. We, we would both love for this to be Carolina. Really, really would. But it's kind of tough. I think I pick a Tampa, unfortunately. And I got, I got to read off Mozzie's little note here. Because I think it sums it up pretty well. What's going on in our brains. So, from from here, I'll just, I'll just read quote. Well, I could tell you there's two ways this game goes. And there's one that's probably more likely. Either one, the Panthers continue to look better. And take it to the plotting Bucks following a huge blowout victory over the surging Lions. And the Panthers start making a case for comeback team of the year. Or two... With the Buccaneers hang dong on the boisterous Panthers and tell the ugly stepchild to get back in the corner, effectively ending any postseason hopes for them. And so, we'd both love for it to be option one, but 20 years of watching Brady beat my favorite teams is jaded me to believe it's probably the latter. I will say, though, the Bucks are, like, actually fucking sucking bad and should feel bad. So who knows? And I pretty much concur with that. <laughs> I've also spent years watching Brady beat my favorite teams. So that and then... Just the injury swings, I think, are important here. The big ones, like the Tampa Bay Lions getting healthy. And also, J.C. Horn's out. They they had to call up Josh Norman. Yes, that Josh Norman. Um, No one's going to be able to cover these guys. And Brady should actually maybe have some time. So that's kind of my big concern. And Mevins has, like, his last, like, five games against the Panthers. He's done pretty well. And, you know, opponents for, like, player versus opponent, that's always a little tough. But when it's divisional, it carries a little bit more weight for me. And there's no one who's going to be able to cover, really, Evans or Godwin. Evans is pretty overdue touchdown-wise. So I've got Mevins as a banger this week for for that. And I think Brady, by extension, probably has a good week finally. So unfortunately, got to go Tampa here. But I want to say, got to give props to Steve Wilkes. He's been really awesome as an interim head coach. Getting this team on track, getting Darnold playing well. DJ Moore is doing things this is all a turnaround without McCaffrey. So I'm, I'm impressed. So I think he's probably got dibs on Coaching Dob next year if he wants it. And they should. Sounds like they actually really like him too. So moving on to Chicago at Detroit. Both at Detroit. This total is massive. It is 52 and a half. Detroit's favored by six. I think we will pick Detroit. It's a high total. But that sounds about right. The last game was like 31-30. I don't know if we are that high. But I love Justin Fields here. He I might call him my QB banger of the week, which is kind of weird given who he's throwing to, but he balled out last time against Detroit. They have become super quarterback friendly in that they're now stopping running backs, but they become a pass funnel. And one of their weird trends is that they allow a lot of quarterback rushing production, albeit they've already faced fields, but they they are allowing quarterbacks to go a little over their norm. So and with Deshaun Elliott out at safety. That even opens up more big plays for Fields running, in my opinion. So, I'm all about Fields this week. As far as who to pair him with. So, Claypool and Pettis are both questionable. Last time out, it was Komet. And it might just be that again. So, but... Like, in DFS, you can reasonably just run Fields out. And run him back with Amon Rossi and Brown. You know, I also have his banger here. He balled out last time in the secondary. God-awful. So... Yeah. This also could be a week we see the running backs get on track. I just want to mention that. The Chicago defense is terrible, like all around. And it's also been really bad run defense, too, so it's unfortunately a gross trio, but we could see that gross trio get back on track. This uh this will be a fun game though, I think. I think it'll be pretty fantasy friendly. And um <laughs> the Vazio does great. It's um the Lions just got cooked by the Panthers on the road, but they get to return home where Jared Goff's football abilities are safely stored. <laughs> Which <laughs> Oh man, that's that's entirely too accurate. I love it. Um, also want to mention that Ryan now is questionable. You know, he's an important piece of their offensive line, so hopefully they have him. Next up, we've got Miami at New England, and Tua, continues to get concussed, and suffer brain injuries from that. So New England, New England's where we're going. Um, I do want to add, I may switch this if we find out all their questionable guys sit because Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones are both questionable at corner and they're also already missing jack and marcus jones but they've got a ton of joneses in the secondary kind of hilarious um they've also got no Jonu smith no Devontae parker and armandes questionable so if all those corners are out against waddle and reek even if it's teddy which i think he's in stream consideration if these guys are out i i think i'll still maybe go miami here but i have a tougher time with the downgrade from two to teddy not picking New England, assuming the questionable guys play. On the Miami side, obviously no Tua. Eric Fisher's doubtful, which is important because Armstead is questionable. And they're both slotted in at left tackle. So if they both sit, it becomes really gross at left tackle against the Patriots pass rush and possibly Judon specifically. So yeah, that's a little, it gets a little tough. So gotta, you really got to hold Armstead plays. Oh, man, but it's still going to be tough with how injured he is. That dude's got, like, three injury tags every week now. And then also, uh, Ian Gold is questionable, too, their fullback. So, <laughs> just a big ugh for me. I'll, I'll read off Mozzie's notes. So, the week we actually need the Dolphins to win is when they get the Patriots and have no Tua they're getting Teddy, which, th- this is what everyone talks about when they, I- I'm kind of paraphrasing here, by the way, this is what everyone talks about when they talk about the Patriots being lucky, is this kind of stuff like getting these situations lining up and yeah in 10 years no one is gonna remember it but but we'll remember it yeah and if if he uh if the Dolphins lose I think think the Jets can still get in if they win and then do England want to lose next week there's some really specific situations here so the Bills have been crushing the Patriots lately so hopefully the Bills need to play and do crush him and as they're wont to do at the end of the year fantasy wise though outside of that it's tough. Keep an eye on Armandre, though. Um, you could always play Reek and Waddle. They were much the guys last time out against this team. And I, I, it was a funny thing earlier I saw from Bill. He got asked about the Dolphins' offense and their speed and how they, like, stretch everything out, and his big thing was their horizontal, like, field stretching, which is pretty much, like, the concept that this offense is based around, and that was um, one of the things McDaniel talked about a lot, too, was you know, spreading the field horizontally, because, like, anyone can spread the field vertically. Like, fast you know you render post render goes like you know there's a lot of ways for the field vertically but getting the motions going with guys as fast as reek and waddle really puts a lot of stress on the defense because you know they can run a route out from there they can cut back there can be that can just be misdirection for a run there's a lot of things that can go and it really makes you like it makes the assignments really tough so it's harder to keep up that as a defense and so that that horizontal stretch makes it a lot tougher and isn't isn't it it's a frequent part of their offense too they have to deal with and i'm paraphrasing a bit here but that's pretty much how it works is they stretch the field horizontally so if you don't have smart fast linebackers smart fast safeties you know sound assignment defense it's a lot tougher and so with new england they've got sound assignment defense it's just a matter of like do they have their corners healthy to keep up so that I think that'll be the deciding factor for me, but right now I've got New England, assuming those guys are in. Next up, we've got Cleveland on Washington. We both have Washington here in a 41 total, and they're favored by two and a half. This is Brian Robinson week. We've got Antonio Gibson out. On the other side, I think Cloudy's gonna sit. The way his concussion protocol is progressing, it doesn't sound optimistic to me that he's gonna play, but keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, Watson's been terrible, and it's been great, because that's karma. So... Yeah, Brian Roberts is the main guy here I like. I Okay, so with Nick Chubb, this is a tough one because it's been really tough sledding for him and this Browns team since Watson took over. And this is not an easy matchup, like at all. I'm super torn because if you've listened to this show like ever before, you know how much I love Nick Chubb. But sometimes, like, okay, so Houston, Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, 17 for 80. Fourteen for thirty four. Twenty one for ninety nine. Twenty four for ninety two. So the last two games they've been close and he's gotten the touches. So that's kind of the hope here is that he gets the touches and it stays close and he's so good that it he he makes it work. But yeah, you need that. Like that you need that. So if you've got Chubb, you're probably playing him. You probably don't have a better option. But if you're looking at like Chubb or McKinnon, that's a really tough one to pick because like McKinnon like, feels like he's got more upside in the situation because, like, like at least more likely upside. But I, I'm I'm still deciding in my in my leagues where I've got Chubb. One of them, I'm definitely playing him. The other one, I've got good options. It's a dynasty league. I can put in, you know, basically I can play him at Ramondre. And that's a really tough call. So, yeah. Wish me luck. It's tough. But I said if, it, if it's close and he's getting the touches, you got to hope he just finds the end zone because that hasn't happened in the last four weeks. Because this Browns team has not really been defined in the end zone the last four weeks. Because they are fucking terrible. So, yeah. Brian Robinson with no Gibson especially. They brought up like Jarrett Patterson to fill in a little bit of receiving work. But, and honestly probably return work too. So, Brian Robinson, love him this week. If You've got him in your league. He's a great option. DFS, he's cheap. Love him. Their receivers though. with So, with Wentz back, it's a weird situation where he doesn't target McClure quite as much. But he goes to Dotson a lot. And he actually targets Logan Thomas. So I think that's the main thing is, like, Dawson's been solid with both guys, but Logan Thomas is pretty much only decent with once. so, yeah. Next up, we've got Indy at the Giants. We both have the Giants here. 39 total. Oof. Giants favored by five and a half. This is a gross one. Um, also, it sounds like Yannick Ngakwe has a throat injury. Got no details on that one yet. Um, I don't think he's going to play. There's no Granson, no Kenny Amoro, no Asher Doolin, and on the other side um adori jackson is doubtful so yeah i mean this game's gross it's like saquon each have a good game there's no one else to really care about here. It's yeah i mean the giants need need to win so you know yeah yeah daniel bellinger is the only tight end really i guess that's something to note so if you're really desperate you can go to him but this just screams like saquon banger game and he's been struggling on against the run the giants are going to be in position to run clock it's quads, like, this is a quads carry game. Now, there is a chance that N D looks a lot better this week against the worst defense, but it's not like it's wonderful anyway. Like, okay, you've, you've sold Nick Foles, and they just not great offense in general. It's, hmm, I mean, there's like a chance that Nick Foles does well, and this game script isn't perfect for the Giants. At first, I was a little unsure, but the more I thought about it, I was like, "Yeah, the Giants should win." So, I, as I said, "I'm going with the Giants here." I don't think, I don't think it's as big of a slam dunk as it's like coming off as, but I think it's still pretty solid. Slash, likely they win. I just, I just want to mention that this Giants defense is not nearly as good as the Chargers defense at this point in the year. So, yeah, Saquon week. Next up. Oh yeah, also, real quick, I. Zach Moss isn't that great, but the Giants are on defense isn't either, and Dion Jackson's working in. So like you can play Zach Moss, but I don't recommend it. Um, I hope you have other options. He might be your best option. I really, if he's your best option, I'm sorry that you are dealing with that in your life. But next up, we've got Arizona at Atlanta. We both have Atlanta, and Arizona falls into. This is one of those tanking teams matchups where Arizona's kind of new to the party. But Atlanta's sort of been on the way of all year in a sense. Um, they've been competitive. I, sh- I shouldn't say they've been taking all year. But Atlanta never really had expectations, I'm going to say. Whereas <laughs> Arizona did. And so switching to Ritter, like, I don't think anything else is going to change for Atlanta that hasn't been happening in the last two weeks. Like, they're, try- they're-, they're trying to play hard and play well and get Ritter experience and check if he's the guy or not. Probably not. Um, so with that, Tyler Algier is in a wonderful spot. Cordwell Patterson still exists, so he could get some work too and be a streamer, but they've been really favoring Algier more. And it's been working and with the game script being likely favoring them. I think Algier is a solid solid leading player here. And he's been really good. Like, just for what it's worth. He's been he's been a good running back all year. And he's been usable at points when CPAT was leading, so like <laughs> and if he's if he had like been a starter all year somewhere else, he'd probably be leading like the rookie running backs in yardage and everything. Like he's been really good, so I think he's actually a good player. I, I'm I'm for him here. And I think Connor's in play too. This is a running back game for sure. Yeah, I mean, stay Atlanta run defense. And it's James Conner who plays like all the plays at running back for the Cardinals. And the big news, da-da-da-da, is David Blau starting. And uh, yeah, that's something. He's at least better than McSorley, I think, for the passing game, for what it's worth. We've seen him be competent and like, Back in 2019, he loved Kenny Galladay. So I think that, weirdly enough, with Hopkins out, um, puts Robbie Anderson into consideration a bit. Now, I wouldn't rule out them, like, putting fucking AJ Green out there instead. So I'm not gung-ho on it. But if you're saying, hey, like, Blau might riff with someone, I wouldn't be shocked if it were Robbie Anderson. Um, But that being said, Greg Dortch is going to probably see the field, too. I don't know why he wouldn't, like, I assume they'd put Hollywood outside, Dorch in the slot, I assume Rondell Moore is still out, I think they'd shut him down, and then Robbie or AJ Green on the outside, they could put, they could put Hollywood in the slot, and then Robbie and Green outside, but that would be fucking ridiculous, I think, <laughs> but I'm not gonna rule it out, that being said, I think they want to kind of see more of what they have in Dorch, and I don't think running AJ Green out here makes any sense, so I'm assuming we see Hollywood, Dorch, and Robbie. And based on the snap counts, let's see, uh, yeah, A.J. Green's snap counts have been, well, I don't know, he was getting some work, but not as much as last week. Greg Dortch got way more work last week. But with Hopkins out, I mean, uh, might be A.J. Green. Fuck, I don't know. It's gonna be him and or Robbie, so I don't know if I'd risk Robbie since he might be splitting with A.J. Green, which is wonderful to say, wonderful to say. Um, uh, maybe, Maybe it's just Hollywood, maybe I'm overthinking this, and it's just he's probably gonna find Hollywood deep or something, I don't know. It's a really a tough call to like try to think about who David fucking Blau is gonna to like to target. I might not be worth it. If you've got other options, like you probably want to try to go to other options. But it is Atlanta, and you've got a quarterback who can. At least, we've we've at least seen competently hold value for solid receivers. So yeah, probably just stick with Hollywood and Dort. Call it a day there. They're also going to be missing Arizona's going to be missing uh, Zach Allen, um, Antonio Hamilton, and of course Colt McCoy. And it looks like, I think Marco Wilson's gonna say he's questionable, but with how this is all going, yeah, I said to sit. So, David Blau and Desmond Ritter, man. What a time to be alive. What what a way to kick off the new year with David Blau and Desmond Ritter facing off. Gotta love it. Next up, we got the 4pm games. San Fran at the Raiders. <sighs> man. The Raiders are a disgrace this year. If, uh, if Al Davis were still alive running right this team, I gotta, I gotta think that McDaniel's would be already be gone because just when baby is out the fucking window. Apparently, they're keeping around for money reasons. Terrible hire in the first place. I don't like him being around is stupid. It's they're still alive technically and they're benching car. And listen, I get the whole you know contracts guaranteed to gets worth this is that, but like this is a very clear message that you're giving up. And with that, fantasy wise, like I'm not playing anyone from Vegas. I, I can't think that they'll reasonably run Devontae out the whole game or that the target or that like the targets will be there or they'll be good because it's against fucking San And even though the secondary sucks, like the front is really, really good. And this line for the Raiders is no longer good because Gruden fucked it up. And it's Jared Stidham behind there. So I don't want to play like I'm probably benching Devontae in my third place game. Like, let me, let, me, let me pull my options to express like how I'm feeling about this. So, all right. Again, yeah, it's third place. Not the end of the world, but I've got at receiver. I've got Romeo Dobbs, Gabe Davis, Devontae Adams, Greg Dortch, Jerry Judy. Um, yeah, like, could I look absolutely fucking stupid if Devontae Adams puts up 30? Yeah, but like, I don't think this is gonna happen. There's no way in fucking hell I'm playing Josh Jacobs this week. that I have him and I have a decent alternative? Like, give me Brian Robinson over Josh Jacobs this week. Like, I yeah. It's ridiculous. This team's fucking shameful. Like, when well, they've been bad, like it's been okay, but this is one of those years that's making me legitimately question my fandom and how this team's just being run in the long term. Like, as long as Mark Davis is remotely coherent and running this team into the fucking shitter, they're probably just gonna be, you know, a pain to watch and root for and deal with all the time. <sighs> man. It's stupid. Bad ownership, man. I'll put you in the fucking shitter forever. Um. Injury wise. <laughs> Vegas as is throwing in the towel. Obviously we got Derek Car sitting, but we've got uh Chandler, Perriman and Rocky Sin all on IR and shut down. So see this is like CMC is just gonna run wild this week and probably put the game away by himself and a half. So play him. Yeah. I'll, I'll read off some of Mazinus because he uh he agrees with me on this. I'll just go go word for word here. Speaking of implosions, we've got Indy Arizona and now Vegas. I really don't think cars benching and essentially firing was done tactfully in the slightest, which I agree with by the way. In fact, I think it's pretty shameful how Mark Davis in the front office handled it. Agreed. And I'm not the only one. Correct, Mozzie. I am I am with you, Mozzie. Um, the locker room's pissed and not in a competitive way. And interjection we saw. Devontae pretty much shake cars while he came here, so I don't think Devontae's here next year either. Um, however, at the end of the day, professionals leave their professional feelings, or sorry, leave their personal feelings at the door, and show up to we're ready to go, so it's not like the players are just going to sit down and let the team burn. However, I don't, this is me interjecting again, I don't think they're playing the whole game. Just my take. Um, I don't think we see Devonte Adams get a full allotment of snaps or have his usual Devonte game. Anyway, back in here. McDaniels taught all offseason about learning from his mistakes and putting together an offense tailored to Carr, while read Redford, Jacobs, and Adams. And we got absolute trash, so there's only two possibilities here. One, McDaniels is full of shit and has once again been trying to force players into a scheme instead of making one that utilizes their strength, in which case Stidham might actually fare better than Carr did. Or two, McDaniels did try to make an offense around Carr and Cohen and select donkey balls, in which case Stidham will probably find a run like Carr did. But, I don't know what to believe anymore, but I'm taking the, nin- taking the Niners either way. Yeah. Before Carr got bent, I thought there was a chance the Raiders could pull this out, but not now. Definitely not now. No chance at all. Makes me sad. This team, like, they should be a playoff team this year, even with like the issues they've had injury-wise on the line. All these, like, if they just hadn't blown those two massive fucking leads, or three, whatever it was, if they hadn't blown all those massive leads, and just held on, like, they'd be a playoff team. Instead, we're watching Jared Stidham. <sighs> Next up, Got the Jets at Seattle. Both had the Jets, 42 and a half total. Jets favored by two. And injury wise, the big thing for me, like obviously, is Lockett. Like, is he going to play? He's questionable. We've got um, Marquise Goodwin doubtful and Will Disley done. So, no fan and streaming consideration because he's definitely better than Colby Parkinson. I've got Kenneth Walker as a mash here. As much as it pains me, just run. He's been really solid. The Seahawks can't run. And DJ Dallas is back now to steal some receptions. So I'm not feeling it. The the Seattle magic is gone a little bit. Um I'm not saying they suck, but they've shown one that they can't really put it together versus like top notch defenses, which I think the Jets kinda count as. And two, it's just it's we haven't had those like top notch Geno games that we had early in the season, even against like weaker competition. So yeah. Um This is going to be a good matchup between Lockett and DK versus the Jets quarterbacks. Like, that's going to be really fun to watch. It actually should make good TV in that sense. But I'm picking the Jets here. I like Donovan Knight a lot. This is a wonderful matchup for him. And then um, also, you know, Mike White running this offense is competent. So he should, like, he's competent. They pass a lot with him, so they should have a good day. And then obviously Garrett Wilson's Garrett Wilson. He's really solid, and he's pretty much as long as it's been not Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson has been awesome. So, yeah. Um, mozzie notes I'll read off. First time in weeks I can actually objectively pick the Jets because I couldn't for a few weeks there. White is back, Quinn is back, and this team's about to be fired the fuck up. If White gets re injured, we're fucked. But if he plays the whole game, I'm pretty confident in the Jets pulling one out here. Side note. I don't what is this this copy. I don't want to hear any more false advertising bullshit from Gino or Pete Carroll. Yeah, the Jets cut and fired both of them, and yes, they're doing well now, but they were cut for a reason. Gino sucked as so hard his teammate his old teammate broke his jaw just to get him out of the lineup, which I forgot that happened, that's hilarious. And then Pete suck Pete sucked so bad as a coach, he went back to college and stayed there for over a decade, so yeah. There's no revenge game bulletin board, they did me wrong shit here. But do you think the Jets fans really want another QB bus now? So yeah. That being said, Seattle, the it's gonna be on Gino's shoulders. Like it's gonna be Gino lockett DK if Lockett play. If lockett doesn't play, I'm genuinely concerned about this team getting much done. If Lockett does play, I think the Gino lockett DK trio is like the whole offense basically. this week, again, I love Kenneth Walker, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's his week to to shine here. Next up, we've got Minnesota at Green Bay. mozzie has got Green Bay, and I'm a little unsure. It's tough because. The first matchup was Week One, and I think we can sort of throw that out because that was a, we we picked Minnesota there. That was an upset when we picked it, and it was because Green Bay's line was injured, and it was mismatched by uh, Minnesota's front. So coming back to it, though, the Green Bay line is healthy, and Minnesota's secondary is possibly the worst in football. However, Minnesota does have Justin Jefferson and Hawkinson, but it's it makes it very tough for me. I think the deciding factor is whether or not Christian Watson is in because. Dobbs and Lazard and Cobb. I don't know if that's enough to fully take advantage of the secondary. So I would want Watson in to feel good about picking Green Bay. Otherwise, I might still pick uh, Minnesota. So yeah, Rodgers is coming though. A team, Minnesota likes to shit themselves and then like wipe it up really quickly. And Rodgers is a small shadow growing larger, looming over them. You can dread it. You can run from it. But Aaron, Aaron Rogan arrives all the same. <laughs> I didn't realize Mozzie wrote Rogan instead of Rogers the first time. That's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I like Rogers this week a lot. Like I mentioned, I'm probably going to him over Minshew here. If, especially if Watson's in. If not, it's a lot closer. But again, that's the main questionable is Christian Watson. Um, and then obviously... not obviously. Um, yeah, I should add their green, their green Bay online is good, it looks like. And then uh, Nixon's questionable. I think he sits, though. He is, I believe, their slot corner. Yeah. Yeah, if he sits, then... Mix up the matchup. He's in the slot for mostly KJ. They mix it around, but KJ Osborne gets the most slot snaps when that happens. And then uh, no Bradbury for the Vikings still. Next up, we've got the Battle of LA. The Chargers at the Rams. <laughs> we've got the Chargers here. Total's 42. Spreads 6.5. Chargers are favored. Yeah. I mean, they're the better team. They should win. A big thing that Mozzie pointed out here was the Chargers actually do what to need to win this because they... This is the difference between you know, 5, 6, 7 seed pretty much, and getting the 5 seed is a lot better because you're you're pretty much getting the AFC Southwitter, which is either Tennessee or Jacksonville, and that's a lot better than playing Bengals Chiefs Bills, so yeah, there's a pretty good motivation for the Chargers to win this, and also I think they could still technically miss the playoffs, maybe? I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on that. They might be locked into the playoffs. I'll double check that, but... The Rams, meanwhile, have nothing to play for. It's kind of been that way for them for a few weeks, so I don't expect much to much change for them. However, I have to talk about Akers here because I had him as a banger, and then I looked a little deeper, and the Chargers defense is not as much of a push-up to running max as it had been. Now, Derwin James, I'm not sure if he's playing. Uh, no, he's not, so that hurts. Their overall defense and their road defense, too. That being said, I still expect them to lead and handle this game. They're still the Chargers, so they'll still flounder a little bit in the midst of that but it's not the same the matchup's not nearly as easy and it's not the same because she game script where you know they're going against a an imploding Denver team so it's not going to be just him running all day long I think he's okay still I, I have him as more of a stream than a banger here I just wanted to bring him up on the charger side Keenan Allen I love here the Rams run a ton of zone Keenan Allen's a zone eater I don't think need you to overthink that then Austin Eckler, as Shirling played, the run defense hasn't been the same with Donald out and the game script should favor him a bit. I do think Joshua Kelly gets involved here in terms of like keeping Eckler fresh game, possibly, you know, in control, getting him more touches just to like get him more involved, keep Eckler fresh. I don't know if I would play him per se. He's more of just like thorn inside of Eckler's ceiling, but sort of throw him out there. And then as far as Rams pass catchers, I don't want to fool around with that. That's more of a, uh, Millie Maker type of deal, which is not what I'm doing. Um, I mean, it's pretty much 2 2 Van Jefferson Higby. I mean, Higby's a tight end, so I mean, he's been he was solved last week. I think you know, he's the he's the pass catcher to consider because of the tight end position, but with 2 2 and Van, like I think you can find better options elsewhere, like Shahid, like Dortch. So, yeah, yeah, and, that, that, and that's that game, yeah. LA battle, fun, fun, fun. Man, what? The Rams, man, what happened to them? But hopefully Stafford actually comes back and is healthy next year. But next up, we've got Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Lamar is out, and so is Marcus Peters, and Boyle is apparently sick. But we've got Pittsburgh here. So Baltimore did beat Pittsburgh with Huntley already, like a couple weeks ago. But that was a Mitch game, and not a picket game. My thought is the bump to picket from Mitch is enough to make this work out. Maybe he throws one or two picks instead of three. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of rude of them to flex this one, by the way. Why, Why like, I get playoff implication, blah, 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 but man, no one wants to fucking see this. Lamar's not back. No one cares. There's no bangers here. This game's gross. There's 35 total. I think it goes under. Like, it's awful. I think I would want to mention a stream of Dobbins. I think I'll include Najee here, too, like the main running backs. But the face where rendy has been a little, sus- a little susceptible, and Dobbins has been solid since he's returned, so I think he's stream option Najee I think is a stream option but it's tough because he's got a little more split I actually guess Dobbins is splitting with Gus too but Najee's splitting with Warren as well so neither are wonderful if I'm looking at them and Tyler Algier it's pretty close so when it gets to slate in the year man it gets tough and gross but that's what these teams are and what this game will be tough and gross oh man next up we've got Buffalo at Cincy Mazi's got Cincy I had Cincy initially but I'm a little confused Um, this is a preseason one that I think Mozzie had in here for Cincinnati winning. I don't remember who I picked. This will be a good game regardless. I'm excited for it. I'm glad it's Monday night. I'll be glued to it. The spread is Buffalo favored by one and a 49 and a half total. Like, banger of a game. The bangers, like, the game. The the winners are us, the viewers of this game. My big concern that I've thought about a lot is since he's lack a pass rush against Buffalo. So, the... My initial thought was, oh, they match up against well, Kansas City. They'll match up against Buffalo. The issue I've had with that is not having a pass rush. Like, okay, pass rush versus Mahomes and pass rush versus Jalen are a little different. With Mahomes, you you rush him, he escapes. He still does his shit. With Jalen, you rush him, he escapes, runs. But we've seen him have times where he just like <laughs> glitches, I guess, or like. No, he'll do some wild crazy hero shit and fumble but if you're giving him time with those like so he's got Diggs, got Gabe Davis they've got McKenzie they've got Knox obviously Kelsey's amazing but I think the wep- the total skill of weapons in Buffalo I <clears throat> it's tough because we got Kelsey you got Juju then it's just like okay the running backs <laughs> like after, after Juju it gets pretty murky in Kansas City buffalo i think you've got a little bit more um danger on the defense with the other options at least deep threat wise and that's where it comes in Diggs is great everywhere Knox is he's not he's definitely not kelsey at all but he's got you know skills as long as he can catch the ball the big thing though for me is gabe davison isaiah mckenzie having that deep threat ability and that's not really a thing with kansas city right now which is weird to say because that's what we got so used to with tyree kill but they don't have a reliable deep threat right now like MVS occasionally can if he catches it but looking at Gabe Davis like versus him like for sure Gabe Davis um and that might be where not having a pass rush to get Jalen out of the pocket and not being able to like get to that as smoothly makes me a little more concerned um it's tough like I might still go back to Cincy just because like that's where I had initially and I'm still torn so I might just go with my gut on that one but it's a close game like Cincy's run D is amazing but Buffalo doesn't give a shit about running. Like, they just don't. Like, they've got James Cook, who they can throw through. They can throw to Singletary. So, yeah. It's a tough one. I'm, I, I'm excited for this game in general. I think it's going to be really good. The uh, big thing for me, I think if Poyer sits, that's enough to push me to Cincinnati. Um, Like, for sure. If he's in, like, that's huge. Like, if he's not in, it's going to be way easier for Jamar Chase to get going. Um, Especially on those deep shots. So, yeah, I... <laughs> I think for now, yeah, we'll say for now I've got Cincy, but this is a tough one. I'm a little torn. So I, I won't be surprised either way on the outcome. I don't think anyone will be, but this is exciting. This is an exciting game to see these teams face off. We haven't really got to see it much since they've been relevant. It's usually just, you know, Bengals, Chiefs getting Bengals. Bills will be fun to see. And this is like a playoff preview because I thought about them matching up well against these teams. Like, okay, Their offense, at least to the Buffalo defense, matches up well. Their defense matches up really well against Kansas City. I think it matches up decently against Buffalo. But like I said, my concern of the, the pass rush is the big thing. So we'll see how that plays out. But like, give me all this game pretty much, at least the receivers. Um, as far as Nixon goes, I you know, I don't have a strong take there. I don't. I just don't have a take. Yeah, Buffalo run defense is better now than it used to be. That happens every year. They have a wall every year, but they fixed it. So this gave me the pass stack here, those sides. I'm excited for this one excited for this week we're almost to the playoffs already it's been flying by um according to this new year's eve i'll have it right up after i get this edited and um wish everyone a happy new year hope uh i hope the the uh new year football kicks off how you need it to it's gonna be fun seeing like you know the year start with championships for people that's that's a fun way to kick it off but in the meantime thank you for tuning in you can find us online at mozzie on Twitter at Mozzie and Muscle and you know, always feel free to tweet at us, shoot us some questions, tell us we're good, bad, anything. But just know we love you.